1: Madam Vice
0: President You
2: want to hang out with us? Get your vaccine Vaccine, vaccine And so I went to Human
0: Resources There's some things I just can't tell you uh, on air The Betches Sub Podcast A woman's problem, if you will
1: Hello, I'm Amanda Dugerman, And I'm Elise Morales And this is the Betches Up Podcast, where C-SPAN meets the group chat to help you process and laugh at the biggest topics in U.S. news and politics. Today, we are so thrilled to be here with Berna Annette. She is a finance expert and the host of Betches' new podcast, Money Please, which premiered today. Congratulations.
0: Thank you so much. I, we were just talking about how it is, uh, I'm in PT, it's morning over here, yeah. so the energy is a little manic, mm-hmm. a little like one banana, <laughs> I walked my dog energy, but I'm super, super psyched, mm-hmm. very hyped to be here. Thank you for having me. So much yeah, can yeah, be fixed
3: by having one banana, though. Just a just single, a single banana can change, can change the course of an entire day. I'm sure that's what the first episode Absolutely. of Money, Please, is about it's a very it, it's budget friendly about- way to,
0: to change the course of your day for sure the power of eating one banana one banana a day like look out trader joe's i'll be there once a month <laughs> get my bananas and freeze them no it's it's a one banana morning and then like three hours and my body's gonna be like hey remember me right here's the rest of that budget feed feed me please you, come on yeah. you got money like yeah,
1: that. yeah exactly so we at betches have been so excited for this podcast it's something that um You know, finance and and budgeting and money is a topic that has been really important to a lot of our listeners across all of like Betch's platforms and interest areas. And we talk about it on SUP from different angles um, a lot. So we're so thrilled to to be able to talk to you on such an exciting day.
0: I am super psyched to be able to just plug the subject of money into everybody's noise-canceling headphones on every topic. I mean, you, I don't need to tell you, but money touches everything and everyone. It is being compromised under capitalism. We all think about money all the time. (laughs) But we talk about it so little, right? And so I'm ready to just weave it all in. Every week, we're going to be weaving it into all kinds of stuff.
1: Yeah, totally. And I feel like you got to this already, but I feel like you're such a perfect person to host this podcast. Because like you said, there are a lot of kind of like conflicting advice and ideas and lots of structures that impact how we can spend and use our monies beyond just like whether we have the willpower. So we're going to like dive right into it. A lot of what we talk about on uh, the SUP podcast is how advice like just stop buying the lattes, just stop buying the The avocado toast really ignores the structural barriers to financial stability for so many people, particularly minorities and women. So, I'm curious as you've approached the podcast, how are you going to balance that financial advice and best practices with like recognizing those factors that are kind of out of people's control, but are still like very, very much factor in?
0: Oh, absolutely. First of all, one of the reasons we wanted to do Money, Please is, and we say this in the trailer and everything, is so we can stop taking advice from these hot breath boomer Facebook Twitter uncles who think that because of whatever (laughs) privileges that they came up, up into in their lives, it means that they bootstrap their way to whatever victory or you know, platform that they're on and that the rest of us just need to stop even. like, I thought that song was over like three years ago, but apparently it's not if you look on Twitter. And so Money Please was created so that we don't have to listen to that stuff anymore. First of all, we grew up with so much financial shame, irrespective of like the economy itself and like current events and all that stuff. Just in our own homes, there's a lot of financial effery happening there. And we can talk more about that. But then we get into the world and oh it's oh i'm sorry the economy is our fault (laughs) because of avocado toast is that a joke so like 1.7 trillion dollars in student loans is because is because we have a starbucks addiction Mm -hmm. is that why absolutely not i think it's just time to stop just hard stop listen to hard stop listening to people whose financial lives don't relate to ours we can't get financial advice from folks like that anymore we have to rely on ourselves, on the many, many incredible educators who actually speak our language, who have lived our lives, who have our amount of student loans and financial baggage and financial emotional baggage, because financial trauma is a thing. I'm just super excited to finally be one of the people holding the mic, but also passing the mic to so many other financial educators who get it, who understand that like we don't need more of that nonsense shame from people who don't even live or look or or speak or spend like us. Yeah,
1: that's what I think distinguishes this show from a lot of other sort of money ones is that like you're not just week to week, like here's what you're doing wrong with your budgeting. You're inviting people Mm -hmm. with varied perspectives to answer people's questions and like everybody has something different to, to offer. So I feel like that hand over the mic approach is really, really important.
3: Yeah, that's I, I resonated so much with what you were saying. I, I have such a vivid memory of having a conversation with a family member of mine where they were, you know, going off about millennials and how irresponsible okay. we are and how we don't buy houses okay. and da da da. And after interrogating them a little bit, I found out that like they were able to pay for college just by working part time. Like they could, I was like, that's not, that doesn't exist for anyone at this time. This is also a relative who said in that same conversation that all millennials care about is windsurfing. And I'm not really sure where they got that. <gasps> I, I, can I, I can feel the whimsical world. I can feel the hot breath. In. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I want to live in
0: that world. I would love to only care about windsurfing. I would but love. It's not the reality for a i
3: absolutely. I've, I've never even been windsurfing one time because I can't afford what? to go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: right I'm sorry. I guess my Starbucks money has buried me under enough debt that I cannot enjoy things like windsurfing, like all all of you do, other millennials. But that's so true. It's like it's at this point. It's like I cannot believe. Like, we're still having to listen to this, like, boring-ass song about it's your fault and you're ruining this economy, you're ruining that economy. We we are ruining our own lives and mental health. We're too busy ruining mm-hmm. ourselves to ruin any kind of economies. Maybe we're not buying houses because that shit is way too expensive right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm sorry, can I swear? Yeah, you? of course. <laughs> okay, thank Yeah. You. That shit is way too- I mean, I live in the Bay Area. I live in the San Francisco Bay Area, OK, Ohlone territory. it's expensive as a mother effer out here. So obviously, we're not buying homes. Right. Oh, you're not, you're not having babies. You're not doing all these things. Because we can't afford to, Karen, Chad. Mm-hmm. We can't. So mm-hmm. again, hot breath. Or our no, parents aren't helping
1: us, Karen and Chad.
0: <laughs> Karen and Chad, why don't you give me your kids' loan that you gave to them? Yeah. Yeah. That, Karen and Chad,
1: that, put that my- part on the, in, with the Instagram caption about your new house. <laughs>
0: Okay. What? Where's all your asteriskesis about like new home? Because my Karen and Chad dad bought it for me. (laughs) Like okay, my parents incredible immigrants from the Philippines, I'm first gen Filipino American, they immigrated from the Philippines. And they do, I we don't have Karen and Chad money. Yeah, we don't have I got you on the on the down payment money. Mm-hmm. And so many of us don't have we got you on the down payment family money. And so again, we need to be taking our financial advice from people who live
1: like us. Totally. And I feel like the, the sort of benchmarks for financial success just have not been adjusted to sort of like meet the current moment. I mean, we've talked about how, you know, People act like millennials or people in our age group or really maybe anybody who hasn't achieved those typical benchmarks is like frivolous or disorganized with their money. But especially these days, people have such real financial burdens. You touched on this already, but I know a lot of our listeners have student loan debt. Um, A lot of people, they might fully support a family member or they have insane child care costs. There are so many things like standing in the way of them achieving those traditional benchmarks. How do you how are you going to approach like what is a successful financial? life how are you going to frame and define that on money please
0: oh my gosh first of all let us throw out the successful financial totally. benchmarks because those were created by the karen and chat mm-hmm. okay love that for them back when they can work their like you know burger counter for the summer fro-yo on the boardwalk job and then buy a beautiful home right. yada 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 mm-hmm. so cute love that for you so i was just I gonna win. say please take that windsurfing energy <laughs> elsewhere now because the economy is different culture is different society is different our awakening inside of capitalism is different it's all different now and i would hope my hope with money please and with all the rest of our financial lives is that we can define these financial benchmarks for ourselves you know it's, it just makes no sense that we give each other these markers, these ladders and rules when we don't have the same financial standing. There's no financial equity in this country. And so it's incredibly unfair to be like, um, bad bitches buy houses. OK, they do, but not all of us can afford it. Or like, oh, bad bitches get rid of their student loans two years out of college. Or, No, we can't define these things for each other. We have to define them for ourselves. And the way that we define them for ourselves is we have to take a very intensive sometimes traumatizing sometimes (laughs) triggering look at the way that our financial lives have rolled out in our lives Mm -hmm. in our homes in our culture you know there's a lot thank goodness there's so much conversation now about mental health and unpacking your childhood stuff and getting help to do that and understanding the connection between oh this stuff happened growing up and that's why this stuff that's partially why this stuff is happening in my brain as an adult same exact thing with finances. We have to understand the privileges that we have enjoyed in our lives, the disadvantages that we have that have been put upon us in our lives, the systemic ways that many of us have been effed completely financially mm-hmm. from the system. And then once we do that, we realize that like the benchmarks are BS. Mm-hmm. We're just trying to survive. We're just again compromised under capitalism. We are just trying to make it through. And there's so many Exceptions and asterisks and compromises that we have to make in order to survive in this kind of system, and so just throw it out, throw that shit out. (laughs) You know, like it's we have to really come with a a clearer sense of like financial empathy for each other and especially for ourselves when we're looking at these ooh fancy cute Instagram ass benchmarks Mm -hmm. and understand like the the caption can only be so long and people's mental capabilities to examine themselves can only go so far. Uh, So just ignore that shiz.
3: Ignore that. (gasps) Yeah, I love that phrase that you just said, financial empathy, because that Mm. you know there's there's so much about people's um, issues with money. is It's such an emotional and personal thing, as you were just saying. So, like, what was it in your background or your family's relationship with money, or what you saw going on financially growing up that informed your view?
0: Oh goodness! It definitely was not money. <laughs> um, I come from this is this is important mm-hmm. to say for folks who are about to listen to money. Please, I am not a financial like a expert. That means you can't sue me. One mm-hmm. thing, um, I am I'm a enthusiastic finance obsessed bestie. I got my degree in public relations from USC mm-hmm. on scholarship. Okay, I wanted to be a magazine editor growing up, mm-hmm. and all this stuff that I learned that I'm sharing. On money, please. All self-education. All University of Google. All quote-unquote school of hard knocks. Um, my own financial background is zero. Okay, my mom was a customer service agent at United in SFO for 35 years. My dad was a postal service mail carrier for almost 40 years. Awesome. Both retired now, living their best. Mm-hmm. But of course, you know they both they immigrated from the Philippines. They came here. They had us we did their best to assimilate and so that means they only knew so much like enough to survive and get us through public school and you know catholicism and that only teaches you so Mm -hmm. much in terms of finance and so the background for me my background is we don't talk about money this is very Mm -hmm. common in asian families this is very common in immigrant families this is very common in all families there's like a sort of universal money shame And it's also very specific to many first, second gen families because you're trying to sort of like let people know you're living the American dream. Maybe you can't pay your bills, but you're definitely still going to buy the Louis Vuitton bags. You can, you know, flex on Mm. auntie at the family party. And so I've got a lot of theories about how this kind of stuff messes with us mentally. Of course, it was not necessarily our family's fault. Again, I mean, with my family, I'm a first first-gen student, they were just doing what they could to survive, but that also told me a lot of conflicting wild stuff about money. And so my own upbringing was like, okay, we don't talk about money, but we definitely act real weird about it. Uh, We flex (laughs) it in public, but we're frugal at home, frugal flex, Mm -hmm. very complicated. And then when you get older, you realize how little you do know. And so you're just carrying the sort of like broken lessons that you kind of hobbled together as a child growing up. And also, you hobbled that shit together in secret. Totally. Because it's not like you're talking money with your friends or your colleagues or. Especially as women,
1: I think. Yes. Especially.
0: As women, especially as women, we're very much taught I mean it's like I can't believe again, it's like this song is still playing somehow of just like it is it is gauche, it is uncouth, it is unladylike yeah. to talk about money in front of people and we don't share our salary or our age. Oh numbers. <laughs> like This is still, we're still doing this. And even though we're trying to scrub it from our bodies, it's very much still in there. And so a lot of us still carry that financial shame. So my background is, you know, first-gen confusion, classic mix with financial shame. And also the sort of like, I was a very AP student overachiever first-gen kid. And so it was like, get into the fanciest college possible, Achieve as much as you can. Uh, we don't understand the student loan system, so you know mm-hmm. my parents are just like anak. Just anak means like young one mm-hmm. in Tagalog. Just tell me where to sign, and we just do the mm-hmm. thing, and so we end up with a shit ton of debt to achieve in the system that actually doesn't doesn't always pay mm-hmm. out for all of us. So it's just yep. shit storm. I think is the uh, the, op- the sort of. Summarizing, yeah. there.
3: I know so many people who have that same experience where like their parents were immigrants, so they just didn't know how to navigate the student loan system, which is already so predatory that it's like you yes. have to be so on it to like not walk into a trap. And if you're dealing with like mm-hmm. not understanding the financial system, maybe English not being your first language, like all of that different stuff. It's such a compounding issue.
1: And then there's shame about that, too, that makes you sort of not want to talk about it. I think, yeah, the shame element is like, I feel like the fact that you said that you're not, you don't have any like financial expertise background makes Mm -hmm. me want to listen to you more because you have, you've had to build your financial health by yourself and paid out. Like, I would much rather listen to you, frankly, somebody who like Mm -hmm. I can actually maybe replicate their messages. Or it sounds like most of what you're going to be sharing is, is mindset.
0: It's a lot of mindset. And thankfully, I'm able to pass the mic with every episode yeah. over to people who are accredited. You know, they've got the fancy right. acronyms. Got it. Or they've done the tests and all the things. And one thing that I learned in my self-education, University of Google budgeting journey, um, which I talk about a little bit in the first episode of Money Please with my idol, Tiffany Alice, the mm-hmm. budget awesome. Um, One thing that I learned is when you're you're taking all these book recommendations and podcast recommendations and webs, whatever, blog recommendations, It, finance ease is the worst, the worst. It's a different language. It's a a difficult language already for an English speaker who is college educated, myself and an overachiever. I I was already like, oh, three words in and I'm like, oh, I already know this is not a party I need to be in. Totally. (laughs) (laughs) But like, I'm gonna muscle through because who else is gonna learn this besides me? Again, first gen, like, oh, well, my parents aren't gonna understand FAFSA. So I gotta understand it myself and then translate it to them. And so I think that's so necessary. Like we need more cultural financial translators because the rest of us are just sitting in shadows being like, well, if I don't understand it, I guess it's not for me to understand. I'm going to stay in debt. Mm -hmm. I'm going to stay inside of these oppressive systems, et cetera, et cetera.
3: So you just talked a little bit about what today's episode is about. Can you preview some of the upcoming conversations that we can look forward to on Money, Please?
0: Yes, absolutely. So today's episode, I'm... Psyched as hell. It's also my birthday. Okay. Oh Today? Oh, my God. Yes. Very
3: the it. of birthday. Happy birthday.
0: Thank you. Thank you. It's a massive day. It is a <coughs> ma- very manic. A Scorpio. Because it is a massive day. Double Scorpio. What? Mm. Yes, morning. I I barely know what that means, to be honest. I'm a bad Scorpio. <laughs> we'll talk about it. We'll I'm talk about win. it off air. <laughs> I was going to say, maybe, maybe somebody can tell me more about it. But yes, so today's episode is about budgeting, and it's with, uh, I know that's, I say it in the episode, it's like an ugly word right. for a beautiful thing. And there's no one better in the universe to speak about it than Tiffany Aliche, the budgetista, who was the first person that I saw in like a Facebook Live in any kind of financial educational context where I was like, oh, someone who speaks like Ugh. me. Like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait, we can have fun while learning about this, hold up, pause the Netflix. I didn't know that we could do that. And so that was so life changing. So today's episode, you could definitely, uh, if you're not into my energy, go <laughs> avoid the first episode because me and Tiffany are we jam. I, we got a little bit of this video is a great
1: endorsement. Honestly, <laughs> I've already yeah. listened but if I I'll go back and listen again, and I listened to it on a two Absolutely. speed, so it was very fast with you two. Ooh. Oh,
0: oh my God! I wonder if could you hear us dancing because she does a lot. Of, oh yeah, it was like, very jamming, funny. Dancing because you hear it sped up. Former yes she's a former preschool teacher oh and awesome future episodes yes yeah, so it's very it's very break it down very much my energy very much explain it to me like i'm five mm-hmm. which is what i'm trying to totally. go for yeah because as far as podcast.
3: finances i am in preschool we should have like, been told when we were I, five yeah thank you
0: should have been told when we were five exactly i'm I'm actually working on a book about money for young people awesome. for harper coming cool. out spring 2023 and i keep telling people i'm like yeah it's a young adult book but like Financially, so many of us are still 12. Mm-hmm. So this is for everybody, you know? And all the like, folks at, at my publisher who've seen it, they're like, I secretly am gonna buy this Absolutely. book for me. I'm like, it can't be a secret, <laughs> yeah. please. Like, we are all financially stunted mm-hmm. in terms of education. So future Money Please episodes, we are going to, definitely this first season, break down the basics first. We're gonna talk about budgeting, we're gonna talk about how to save money for real for real, like not just like, put $5 every time you have a smile on your face. <laughs> we're gonna talk about what it is to save money when you don't have money to save. We're gonna talk about paying down debt in, in capital letters, in this economy. Mm-hmm. We're gonna talk a little bit about like, okay, investing, what? Someone speak at me like I finally under like I can finally understand it. Um, we're gonna run through the basics so that we're all kind of have the same tool set to build from. And then we're also, oh my God, I can't wait for this one. We're gonna talk about financial trauma, financial therapy, the mindset, the feels, That's a part that, like, you can't find in a lot of these, what I like to say, hella male, hella pale, hella stale Mm, financial education stuff. Say that! (laughs) You gotta... Mm, hella, mella, pale, hella, stale. Totally. that is that's really why i'm here to bust through that and we got to get to the feels of it because that's really the core
1: mm-hmm. absolutely i can't wait to listen and the first episode of money please is up now and um if you this up uh, this podcast i always forget because ours is not a bingeable podcast because it's news related but this is such a bingeable podcast mm-hmm. so load them up make sure you're downloading them catch up when when we get more in your feed thank you so much for joining us Berna. happy birthday Happy birthday. Thank you so
0: much, Amanda. Thank you, Elise. Mm -hmm. I appreciate it. Thank you. I'm going to have more than one banana. I'll send you. And I hope to see. (laughs)
1: I'll send
3: you a detailed email about what being a double Scorpio means uh, once we're (laughs)
0: off. Finally, on this, my birthday, I will understand what it is to be a
2: double. That is my gift. Awesome. Thank you. That's beautiful. (laughs) Thank you so much.
1: Now we are back and to stay on the sort of like capitalism sucks, nobody has enough money or resources (laughs) conversation. Some people have more than enough. That's true. Some people have. that's the rub. (laughs) Elon Musk. I heard over the weekend that Elon Musk is on his way to becoming the first trillionaire.
3: Well, Tesla just hit a trillion dollars because Hertz rental car bought 100,000 Teslas, which means that now... I said this on in the newsletter, but now every dating app is just going to be flooded with guys who rented a Tesla for one day, being like, "This is me and my
1: Tesla." A thousand percent. A thousand percent. That's happening. Everybody, there's just going to be the same driver's license, just on like ten different dating apps. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Just one Tesla that they all keep renting. (laughs) It's just the same Tesla that like nobody takes anywhere. Mm Oh, so but today we're going to talk about paid leave, just because there are some updates. This like these spending bill negotiations are are really happening. So we'll start the show with notable updates as we have them. But I mean, I read this in the newsletter this morning and I had to double check with Elise to see where she got this atrocious information <laughs> because I could not believe that it was accurate that Joe Manchin is now threatening to withhold support for the spending bill if it includes paid leave of any kind. Almost all of his Democratic colleagues wanted 12, including the president, But for his sake, it had been scaled all the way back to four. Even over the weekend, Joe Biden was asked at a CNN town hall, how come it's only four weeks? And he said, I wanted 12. Looks like all we can get is four. Out of nowhere, I guess two sources familiar with negotiations are telling reporters that Mansion would rather just chop the entire concept of paid leave from the plan. I'm not even sure at this point what he wants in it, what this trillion dollars even even goes to.
3: Yeah, I'm confused about what's in it at this point now. Um, All the things I
1: had in my head have now been on the chopping block.
3: Yeah, 100%. Like, the child tax credit's only extended for a year. I mean, also, it's important to say the U.S. is one of six countries that does not do paid leave. And even at four weeks, we would be one of the lowest offerings in the world. Like, even four weeks is embarrassing. There are countries doing, like, 80 weeks. (laughs) (laughs) Like... <laughs> it's it's right. unbelievable, and so to think that like he <laughs> would take paid leave out, and there was actually a picture that was floating around online of Kirsten Gillibrand like loved it intensely, talking to him, trying to get him to keep paid leave. But I think it's a it's an first of all the fact that manchin has been able to take out so many climate provisions is an enormous blow to this bill. But to lose paid leave, and they're also talking about chopping the Medicaid or the medicare expansion which would add dental and vision and hearing for seniors whose dental and vision and hearing famously isn't fucking great <laughs>
1: <laughs> right it's like no that that seems like a good age to, to, to start excluding people literally bernie sanders tweeted yesterday like this is the united states of america we should be able to keep teeth in people's mouths right like Come on. I mean like, it's why, unbelievable why is the head not part of the body according to our system? Yeah,
3: healthcare stops at the neck in the current <laughs> environment. Once for, yeah. oh, for the but only for, but for the elderly. It I mean it makes no sense and it's making me I don't know. I mean I think the Democrats are going to pass something. But I think if they actually go through with chopping all this stuff out, it's like okay, you passed something, but
1: all we're going to remember is all the stuff that was supposed to be in it. That's such a good point. And then it just sort of like completely neuters its political impact. I just don't even, I don't even know how we got to this point where we're like going to maybe completely, I mean, we're not going to chop off peed leave. I don't know why he's saying this. It sounds like he's just mad he's getting muscled. He was asked yesterday whether he had concerns about the, pay, the current paid leave proposal. And he said, I'm concerned about an awful lot of things. I also saw like a quote where he was like oh you know we're at this point with me and chuck schumer where we're just like fighting in a room like brothers it gets people excited it's like i'm glad you and the other 75 year old white man are enjoying like your little jostling over how long our bodies can recover from like birthing a a human being flying out of them like i would like joe manchin to go like let alone leave bonding out of it even though you shouldn't i would love to see joe manchin go back to work after getting his midsection ripped open all of his (laughs) organs taken out and put to the side well Mm -hmm. like let's let's just try it out let's see if you want to go back to work after four weeks Joe and then you gotta care for an infant I mean four weeks you're still wearing the big diaper like no matter how you have the baby (laughs) and obviously all of this applies to people who have children and they don't birth those children Mm -hmm. of course but like I think the majority of, of in this country, that's the tr- That that's how most people come into the world and how people become parents. And you're telling us that at four weeks in, we have to go back. I mean, I'm just thinking of like like the Betches CEO who's been like very, you know, we have a Betches mom's account and they're all very transparent about the struggles. And just like imagine being like, all right, come on back. <laughs> like, Yeah, what? And I mean, and, and again, just taking it away from even the birthing
3: process, like you said, like think about a four week old baby. That's like, oh my god, like a four week old baby baby is not
1: you don't want to leave that with somebody else right it's like all it, it was today it made me think about the way that the anti the anti abortion people frame their arguments they're like here's a baby at like 20 at like 12 weeks gestation i wonder if it's like do we reverse that do we like co-opt their strategy and we're like here's a baby at 4 weeks old they yeah. can't do anything for themselves they like, all the things that they need. They yeah, they fully... can't see all the colors. Like They can't see all the colors. <laughs> they don't want to meet new people. They can't hold their head up. Like, I
3: mean, I think there is something to that, to being like, where actually are children at these different stages of development that we're asking parents to just leave them unsupported at that point? Because that is something. I mean, we were just talking last time I was on the pod about, like, people getting in Pete Buttigieg's face about yep. two, like prematurely born infant twins and it's like well maybe like like what do people actually know about the health status of two premature infant twins like probably mm-hmm. nothing like you have no idea what it takes to take care of a baby like that and maybe if people were more widely uh aware of like what a baby at four weeks requires
1: mm-hmm.
3: people yeah. would have some more empathy but I don't know. I think
1: people do. It's just Yeah, I mean
3: I guess it's just Joe Manchin, truly. Like and I don't even know because with the climate stuff, it's like, okay, well he's bought, he literally owns like a coal company through like a trust or whatever. Like, I understand why he's doing his evil there. But
1: with this it's just like what do you He's like want? it would push businesses. It would push businesses, but there is enough money to just even Kirsten Center this week has been like fine tax billionaires. Like what? Bitch? Yes, that what? is the that what? is the okay. one like good thing that
3: we've seen is that like they
1: are thinking about taxing billionaires. But to pay for what? Pay for paid leave. Is, sa- that that was such a sad sentence Lise, like 10 months into the Democratic administration and Congress is that's the one good thing they're thinking about taxing billionaires. Yeah,
3: they might consider maybe putting a tax on billionaires to pay for one year of child care like I don't understand
1: yeah I don't know I think we need ugh. I, I wonder if there's just like not a very strong progressive movement in West Virginia that they can really muscle him and like that's what it's that's what it's gonna take I don't know but I feel like people need to swarm Joe Manchin's office with their four weeks old like literally just yes I mean nobody has time but, like, fucking go there in your diaper with your newborn. We should, like, here like, you go. We should give him one of those, like, things they use in, like, high,
3: in school, high school. Like, the egg or whatever. Or like, the crying baby. <laughs> they they use, they use those on Love Island, too. And, like, yeah. see how Joe Manchin does, like, going back to work with it. Like, totally. he has to work. So he funny. has to be on at the Senate. But also, he does have to care for the, like, the egg or whatever. Exactly.
1: um, chatted for a long time with Berna so I'm going to save some of our Facebook discussion for next week but Mm -hmm. because we started talking about this today I did want to flag one of the revelations so this week is like we've said this a lot but like reckoning for Facebook but this week I kind of have compared to like I try for our listeners to differentiate like what all of this new news means. And I feel like this is sort of the period like when all the Trump tell-all books came out. It's like we knew all this crazy stuff was happening. We had drips and drabs, but like here it is. We have the documents. We have employees saying this is exactly what happened. The reports were right all along. So we'll detail them in detail maybe tomorrow or later next week, but one thing I read this morning was that one of the leaked documents alleged that Mark Zuckerberg was directly involved in a 2019 decision to reinstate a video that falsely claimed abortions were, quote, never medically necessary. Sometimes abortions are medically necessary. There can be conditions very that much parent has, so. like that, that. Yeah, that you can die. This happens. I'm, I mean, I believe read a book written before 1850 and women are dying constantly.
3: <laughs> yeah, like that's completely
1: insane. And because Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley asked him to, so it was originally flagged with a message from like the AMA and the Obstetrics Association, and Mark Zuckerberg personally intervened so that it could be kept up. So that sort of. That's sort of our starting point, and uh, for the rest of the week, we will tell you some of the other things we're finding and how we can potentially act on them. Don't forget to check out the first episode of Money, Please, which is about budgeting with Berna. I highly recommend it. She's the best. Until the end of Democracy, I'm Amanda Dipperman. I'm Elise Morales. And this is the Better Sub Podcast. Bye.